Folks, I want to thank you for tuning in today to the Red River Rising. I'm Pastor Mike, along with Rick Salcida, our resident author in-house here. And uh, today we're going to get into part two of uh, the book of Job. Uh, and it's really going to be a multi-part uh, series that we're going to have with this as we're going through it. But uh, it's really interesting uh, what what you can extrapolate and take out of this. And last time, uh, we looked at kind of Job's character and who he was. And, and Brother Rick, kind of fill us in there. Bring us back up to speed again. All right. Well, the, the entire book of Job illustrates God's compassion and mercy, even though it's it's a very confusing book because it looks like God through Job to the wolves. Right. And how could a compassionate, merciful daddy do that? Yeah. You know, so, so, you know, the book of Job is a little confusing because of our wrong perception mm-hmm. of it. And we went into detail as to why that exists last time. And, but the character of Job, he was a man that wanted to, to please God, but yet he had his flaws. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what we, we came at this point, we discovered is he worried a lot. Right. Okay. So, and, and, um, so now, after setting the stage of who Job was and where he lived and all that, now in chapter 1, verse 6 through 7, the scene changes okay. from, from Job's you know, habitat on earth to heaven, mm-hmm. where God is going to have a conversation with Satan. And we left off last time mentioning the worried part of Job and how he, he, he didn't have peace at that particular time. So right. that's really kind of where we left off that with uh, how he was feeling. So now we're kind of like the uh, scene change, right, in the movie. Now right. going to a different scene and yeah. looking at that. Okay, all right, yeah. we'll pick us back up then, Rick. All right. So chapter 1, verse 6, it says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Now, the sons of God has only been mentioned, I think, uh, one, a couple times in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And, and every time it's mentioned in the ancient writings, it refers to angels. Right. Okay, so, so this was a day when all the angels were, were uh, coming before the Lord to be uh, accountable for what they've been up to. Mm-hmm. Okay, and Satan was among them. Okay, and, and God now, God knows everything. Right. So he didn't ask that question to gain knowledge right. because he knew where Satan came from. Mm-hmm. He knew what Satan was up to. That's right. Okay, so it was a rhetorical question to hold somebody account. You know, when we ask a rhetorical question, often we're either wanting to make a point or we're holding someone accountable. You know, and that still happens. God still asks questions today. Mm-hmm. Right, and and the same thing. God's asking a question: Why is he is he asking for his benefit or for ours? Right, right. It's always for ours because he for already ours. knows. That's exactly yeah. right. That's exactly. And right. I liken it to: You walk into the kitchen, you see the 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 lid of the cookie jar on the counter, mm-hmm. and cookie crumbs everywhere. And you go in the next room, and the four year old's there with chocolate chip smears <laughs> on his face yeah. and crumbs on his shirt, and and you go, "Did you get into the cookie jar?" Right. Yeah. You know, it, it's like that. You know the answer. That's exactly right. You're not. You know, you're not asking to gain knowledge. And, of course, the four-year-old goes, no. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yep, that's exactly right. So, really, you know, for years and years and years, I thought this was an inquisitive question, you know. Mm -hmm. And and it just, it doesn't make, you know, it kind of gives you the wrong impression when you look at it that way. It's more of a uh, declarative question. Mm -hmm. You know, more like, um, Satan, from where do you come? You know, were you in that cookie jar? 
You know, yeah. From where do you come? Mm-hmm. Because God already knew, and God asked the question to hold him accountable. Right. And and Satan gave a half answer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because in First Peter five eight it says, "Be sober, be vigilant, because our your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour." Yep. See, so Satan answered him by, "Oh, I was just walking about." He left out the part about seeking whom he may devour. Mm-hmm. See, so Satan told the half truth there when he was answering God. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't want God to know what he was up to, but of course God knew. Mm-hmm. And then we see that carried on in verse eight, and it says, "Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil?" See, the way I read it, right. it's like God's pointing out yeah. Job to in Satan. you didn't see him, here, take note. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, but that's not how it was. God knew that Satan already observed Job. Okay, so it was more, it's another rhetorical question to hold Satan accountable. Satan, have you considered my servant Job? Mm-hmm. That he is, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. Have you considered him? I think you have. Right. You know, it was from that kind of, of yeah. angle that right. God was asking. And that word considered uh, in the original text means to set one's heart on. So Job had set his heart, or Satan had set his heart on Job to devour him. You know, it almost is reminiscent of the Garden of Eden. You know, when he was asking where they were at, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, he, he knew. knew. He yeah. knew, uh, you know. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly right. It's, it's not a question of oh, 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 where are you? Yeah, as, just same as this. Have you have you considered? But more of, have you considered? Yeah, you know, like we, you you ask a question with knowing the answer to the question, right? right? Same yeah. kind of thing. And yep. we can we can turn it from a question into a statement, and it would make more sense. That's exactly right. It, you know, if, if it read this way, it would be perfectly clear in our modern American English. Satan, you have set your heart on my servant Job. That there is to devour him, that there is no one like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. That's exactly right. That is the clear understanding of that verse. That's exactly right. Yeah. And. um, okay, so and to kind of complement this, I'd like to cover a lot of verses that describe the nature of God. Okay. Okay. Because, you know, is God somebody that would throw you to the wolves? Or is that, you know, people could say, well, God is the sovereign God. He can do whatever he wants. If he wants to throw Job to the wolves, he can. Well, yeah, he can. But the question is, just because he could doesn't mean he would. Is it in his nature to do those kind of things? Right. I'm about to say, because now the Bible does tell us what God's nature is, and God cannot lie. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, matter of fact, when he swore an oath, he had to swear it to himself. So, therefore, that's a good way to be able to look at it and see what is God's intentions behind these actions, too. What is it really is that he's doing is to find out who God is. Mm -hmm. And it helps us understand why things have happened or why things were put into uh, the Bible for us to see mm-hmm. how God took, because that's all we get to know him. Right, exactly. Yeah. So the first one is First uh, John 4, 8, and it says, He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Simply stated there. Yeah, so God is love, and, uh, and I think Jesus even said that in the yep. Gospels too. That's right. Um, so God is love. We know that. First uh, Corinthians 13, verse 6, Love does not delight in evil but rejoices with the truth. Yep. So we see that God is love. Therefore, we could say God does not delight in evil, mm-hmm. but rejoices with the truth. That's right. So, you know, God hates evil and he rejoices with truth. 
Mark chapter 10, verse 18. So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. So God is good. Yep. Uh, Psalms 145, verse 8. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and, and of great mercy. Thank goodness. That yeah. one little phrase there describes God fourfold. Mm-hmm. God is gracious. He's compassionate. He's patient. And he's merciful. Yes, indeed. Okay. So these are all describing the nature of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Matthew chapter 7, verses 9 through 11, it says, Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Mm-hmm. Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? That's right. You know, and so if we, being evil, can love and want to protect our kids to the nth degree, how much more so God? Mm-hmm. You know, does that really sound like a, a parent that would throw their precious child to the wolves? Yeah. Mm-mm. It's not God's nature to do that. That's right. You know, just imagine you're out in the front yard and, and some neighborhood bullies come along and say, you know, where's your son? We want to beat the snot out of him. Right. You know, you're not going to say, oh, well, he's in the backyard. You know, go ahead. It'll be good for him. <laughs> Teach him to stand up for himself. Right. Just don't kill him. Yeah. Give, give me a minute and I'll come back there and catch up with you. Maybe I can see what's, uh, what's happening back there. Yeah. Right? See, no parent would do that. You know, the, the, the response would be, you know, you, you're not going to hurt him over my dead body. You know, mm-hmm. as a parent, you would do everything in your power to protect your child from those bullies. That's exactly okay? right. So if we being evil would behave that way towards our children, how much more so God towards his children? That's exactly right. Yeah. I'm trying to find here because I know there's somewhere that's written in here. Um, yes, that's reminiscent also of Luke 11. And Luke 11 says here, it says if, it states it in a different way, but I wanted to add just a little something to it if I can, Rick, if you don't mind. Uh, if a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he... Will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, sound familiar here? Yeah. Um, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So this is a reiteration of what was in Mark here, but it added on to the Holy Spirit. Now you tell me, because the Holy Spirit is the, the Spirit of truth. Mm-hmm. And power, and, and and was to give us the uh, ability to fulfill a great commission that was given to us as Christians. And I just want to say that's that's the type of God He wants. Right. The God the God that we have is not the God of enough. He's the God of more than enough. Mm-hmm. And so God want, didn't want us to squeak by or get by. God wants us to be more than right. the minimum. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So that's a, that that'll tell you alone that God wants you to have the Holy Spirit. Well, if he wants you to have the Holy Spirit, he certainly didn't want you just to, you know, yeah, meander yeah. And, 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 and squeak by. God he's, loves you. He's the God of abundance. Yes, God of abundance. Yeah. Beautifully said. Yep. All right, continue on. Sorry about that, Rick. No problem. Hey, so the next one is uh, Jeremiah 29, verse 11, and it says, For I know the thoughts I, that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Yep. So God... His thoughts towards us are of peace, mm-hmm. you know, not of harm, not of evil, um, to give us a, a future and a hope. Yep. So, you know, again, he's, he's a life-giving God. Yeah. 
you know, God's kingdom is uh, righteousness, peace, and joy. So mm-hmm. these are the things that God wants uh, to abound in our lives. That's right. Now, we may not always fulfill what God has for us. No. <laughs> but but God has thoughts. For, I mean, he always has good plans for us. Nobody was created um, with the idea of you're going to be nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, God loves each one of us. Matter of fact, for God so loved the world yeah. that he gave his only begotten son. Yeah. You know, uh, so... Even in that, I hope he didn't have that scripture. I didn't see that down. But that's how much God loves us. I mean, that, yeah. that he gives his only begotten son uh, to die for us mm-hmm. so that we could have the ability to be reconciled with him. Right. I mean, that, that's huge. Yeah. That's huge. That's our God. Yeah. 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 But we don't have to choose that. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven is true for all of us, but that doesn't mean that it will be fulfilled in our life if we don't choose to do it. Right. But yeah. Anyway, continue on. And then yeah. Job walks in some of this, so. Yeah, yeah. See, uh, a lot of the stuff that happens to Job is because of Job's own flaws. That's right. And, and we'll find out that here yeah. in a little bit. Um, okay, so James chapter 1, verse 13 says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. That's exactly right. Yeah. So God doesn't tempt. You know, Again, God hates evil and he rejoices in the truth. There's another scripture that tells us that we can't be tempted in a way that we couldn't be able to handle it. That God will always give us a way to escape the temptation right. as well. And so we have to choose to embrace that. That's exactly so, right. Like you were saying earlier, we could choose not to walk in the abundance that's that right. God plans for us. That's exactly right. Yeah. And then finally, I just want to repeat John 10.10 again. It says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Yeah, there we go. He's the God of life. He's the God of abundance. Yes. So, again, if any stealing, killing, and destroying are going on, mm-hmm. it's coming from Satan. That's right. It's not coming from God. And um, so, Satan, so we talked about the nature of God here, and we see that he's a loving God that protects his children. Mm-hmm. See, and and in the earlier verses of Job, he was he wasn't asking Satan what he was up to to gain knowledge. He was holding Satan accountable right. for for the wicked actions and the hatred Satan had in his heart towards Job. Okay? And so the the conversation continues on in verse nine, but if you want to know the rest of the story, <laughs> you'll have to tune in next time. Until then, prepare your heart for the coming revival. Amen. Amen.